This week on the Glass Cannon Podcast. I fear there is another necromancer about the place. Yes. Let us keep looking. Despite the horrors lying before them. I think Faraza is so deeply mortified by this. The heroes move deeper into the temple. And we should face our fears and go further in, I think. I agree. And steel themselves against the evils within. Yes, let us be done with this abomination. No more. But nothing can prepare them. Oh, oh, servitors. For her. Join me. The adventure continues. Today you will die. Right now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Glass Cannon Podcast. It's your boy, Grant Berger, a.k.a. Baron Ashpeak, and boy, howdy, have we got a lot of stuff going on in the show. Today, however, we don't have a ton of business to talk about, but I will tell you that if you have not yet, check out our website, glasscannonpodcast.com, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, and there's two things you can do to really help us out. If you check out our Patreon and pledge to us at $5 a month, not only do you support this great show, you get access to one of our favorite shows on the whole network, Ruins of Asland. Ruins of Asland is helmed by our own Skidmar, so you finally get to see what Skidmar's great role-playing mind can get up to when it's in charge of running an adventure. The other thing you can do to help us out is to leave a review for us on iTunes, not just of Giant Slayer, but also if you listen to Androids and Aliens, it would be a huge help. So without further ado, please do enjoy episode 164. I wonder if there are people out there that don't enjoy episodes like the last two weeks. You think there are people out there that don't care for that kind of stuff? You mean really good ones? Yeah, like really good ones that we all really enjoy. That we all really have fun doing and right. are excited about afterwards. Right, and, and can't wait for the next can't session. Can't wait for the next one to happen. Yeah. Probably. I don't, I don't, I don't uh, care. Our feelings don't matter. You I mean, don't <laughs> think there's one that wouldn't like those episodes. Now, they one person sure. alive. Joe, <laughs> you don't know some of our <laughs> <laughs> you, you mean, Troy, the ones that um, kind of revivify our desire to play this game and enjoy it with each other and record it with each other and get out here and do it and, and just keep on doing what we're doing? The, the opposite of that. The, the opposite of that. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Great. Joe, will you take away that bottle from me? <laughs> I think Grant was trying to put a positive spin on your negative energy. Yes, 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 yes. I'm just saying, there's that I had more fun those last two weeks. It's not. I'm sorry. It's not a question of people liking episodes or not. It's a yeah. question of who likes that in their game. Yeah. yeah. Who likes long extended sessions where you don't roll a die or you don't fight a monster? And I got to say, I don't like it for that long. Yeah. Now I had a good time our last two sessions. <laughs> right. A really good time, but like. I like rolling dice. Yeah. You know, and we just, yeah. we hadn't done that a lot sure. lately, but, which makes it more exciting that I think we're on the cusp of that now. And I think that's what makes it even more exciting is when you don't do it for a while. You got to yeah. have times when you don't do it. Sure. I mean, most times we, if we're playing a normal session, we'd have four or six hours and there might be three hours of straight role playing and then another three hours of combat, you know? Oh uh, man, we did that in the Jade region oh, days. Oh, yeah. Whole God. afternoons just role playing. Yeah. This is like five hours. What nerds? Just role playing. Losers. <laughs> what losers? 
the yeah. city. Uh, or, or, uh, oh, wanna, yeah. I don't want to say mean, what it is. Spoiler alert. Oh, but I mean, yeah. there was one session we role played for eight hours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was not a single combat. And I. We did roll dice, though. There were like. Oh yeah, well, diplomacy do. stuff. But would sure. you disagree? That was one of the, our favorite sessions. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> it's so memorable. It's so memorable. It's also, great. I still have nightmares about that face you made. <laughs> oh, <laughs> indelibly etched in our brain. Uh, well, you know, for us, we're trying to show the whole gamut of what this game can be, while also stretching its limits. And I, for one, am excited. Uh, for where this is going to go because the last two weeks have opened up this story in ways that I uh, people at this table and people listening at home may not put together for a long, long time. But now I think we're going to take a little return to form here because you're back in this lovely room of death. (laughs) (laughs) That was the other thing about the last two weeks. Not enough Ace Ventura 2 references. Right. (laughs) We really needed to get those back in the show. (laughs) We sure do. We sure do. If we had managed to reincarnate Lorca, I was just going to shout, like a glove! (laughs) When you woke up in your new body. (laughs) Am I the only person that's never seen any of those movies? Yep. It's good. You've never seen Ace Ventura 2? Oh, come on. It's not Jurassic Park. No, I I never I never liked Jim Carrey yeah. at all. I well, it's did. a lot of Jim. You Carrey. would not care for this movie, then. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't think is, it's for me. Honestly, it is Jim Carrey. It is Jim Carreyist. Yeah, uh, you could say. Uh, I know I, there are a lot of listeners of this show that love that movie and no, they, find it highly quotable. It is a highly quotable. Yeah, and film. I'm always confused. It's Jim Carrey. I don't like Jim Cotta. I love <laughs> Jim Cotta's great. I think it's Jim safe to Carrey, say. If you're 38 to 41 years old, that movie, you watched at least a hundred times. <laughs> I think that's the thing. I'm, I'm too old. I was too old for that movie you when it came out. just missed it. Right. Like, I was already an adult when it came you out. You already so. knew it was silly nonsense. Right. We did not know that yet. Right. I was in elementary school when it came out. <laughs> There you go. Matthew wasn't allowed to no, watch it. No. I was not. It was PG-13. It was PG-13. Snuck it at a sleepover. Oh, you rebel. Best. That's the best. Actually, I remember feeling guilty about it. What I was because other like, people turned it on, and I was like, uh-huh. You went to confession. I was told the priest. I'm not Catholic. <laughs> I, uh, so I, I felt sorry, guilty. Father, but I've sinned. It didn't stop me from watching it. You were a Catholic after you saw it, Matthew. Let's be honest. What was you the convert- first- It made you convert. What was the first R-rated movie you ever saw? Oh, I don't remember. He still hasn't seen one. I, I, I had, I had, at a certain point in my life, I had free access to the HBO, so there was... See, that's the thing, too. See, that's the, the generation gap between you and me, also, is, like, there wasn't the same distinction. Like, I remember distinctly the first R.A. movie that I went to go see. Because, I like, it was a big deal. Jade on a, parts of Jade on that's HBO. That's the thing. It's just on TV. Like, they're yeah. on TV uncut, so it's not a big deal. What was yours, kid? Uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Ooh. Mine was Beverly Hills Cop 2. Oh, there you I go. Mean, not two, 2 is in also. <laughs> <laughs> now, when I was a kid, would I would amazing. sneak and watch stuff that I wasn't supposed to, but yeah. like that wasn't watching an R-rated movie. No, no. In the traditional In sense. the theater, that was the first one. My mom was just like, okay. you know, She let me and my, my best friend, like she got us tickets. My dad, out. after my mom went to bed, said, it's fine. We can watch this. Oh, awesome. And uh, it was. I remember it being a very cool moment for my dad and I. Yeah. There's nudity in it when they're in the sure. strip club. And he just he looked to me right after that scene and said, don't tell your mother. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Joe, what was your first R-rated movie? Uh, One of my first was definitely at a buddy's house. He uh, was like, let's watch uh, I believe it was Friday to the 13th. Oh. And I was like, I can't. I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed. No. And I was dead serious. <laughs> I was lawful good even back then. <laughs> and uh, he was like, stop it. Give it, you know, they're never going to know. And so we watched oh. it and I was like, I felt 
like more scared of my mom the whole movie <laughs> than the actual horror film. My my mom didn't want me watching scary movies, not because she thought they were inappropriate, because but because if I watched a scary movie, like I was, like I kept just kept pee in the bed. No, I just kept. <laughs> nice try. I I just kept thinking about it, and I would keep like. It would just like would morph into these horrific, like like even worse horror stories, and I would just be like, "Why can't you sleep?" And I would tell her the story, and she'd be like, "Oh, really?" <laughs> <laughs> she was like, "You should write a play about that." <laughs> what about what about Grant? Yeah, Grant, what was yours? I remember two distinct R-rated movies. Um, the first of which was uh, Hellraiser. I remember watching that oh. on HBO with my dad. My dad had some, you know, a couple problems growing up. And I remember telling uh, a kid that I was good friends with Gray in great deal detail about it the next day in second grade at age nine. And him going home and telling his parents. And then, like oh, a week later. What a snitch. Then a week later, my Snitches second grade teacher had an after school meeting with just me and Gray's parents. My parents weren't there, <laughs> but they basically were like. There? Gray, I don't, I think Gray was there. He may not have been. They may have spared him the embarrassment of like tattletailing they're like you guys can't sit next to each other anymore but my father <laughs> also took me to see the last of the mohicans in theaters oh and which prompted me to ask him after the movie uh dad why did he shoot his friend to death because you remember the guys being burnt uh, at the stake yeah, yeah yeah and my dad was like well son let me tell you about a mercy kill it's <laughs> <laughs> an important moment for a father and son grant was four <laughs> Fun car ride home. That the sequence of that the the shooting is the mercy kill through the end of the movie. I can't tell you how many times my dad watched that on TV. Wow, really? He, did he feel alive watching it? What he was just the liked, reason? He, he what he liked to do is watch that movie and then shout all the Daniel Day Lewis lines around the house. <laughs> and my mother would be like, "Really? Shut up!" In an <laughs> open bathrobe, I will find you. <laughs> <laughs> With three fingers of whiskey. Stay alive! <laughs> no matter what occurs! Matthew, did you ever get to stay up late enough? No, I, I used to stay up late enough to see real sex and taxi cab confessions. Oh, yeah, 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 And those are still, they haven't made any more of them. I put one on the other night, like, to show my wife. I was like, this is what I used to watch when I was, like, a kid. And they're so, like, weird and, like, out yeah. there still and fun. And they're not, like, gross or, like, overly explicit. It was, like, totally. But it, like, had, it was a pre-internet thing to where everyone was just like, wow, people have sex in public sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, that's so shocking. Like, yeah. it's just a totally But it was weird a weird, thing. it wasn't, like... Yeah, it was just very odd. <laughs> it was very. I remember being very journalistic in a way. It was, yeah, it was like a, a journalistic documentary. documentary type feel to it. My only memory of Taxi Cab Confessions now is the SNL. Oh, with, the, with Tim Meadows driving <laughs> yeah. the cab. Yeah, I met this guy, and uh, one thing led to another, and uh, I think he ended up giving me anal warts. <laughs> <laughs> yada yada yada. Uh, it's like, yeah, you mind signing this? That's uh, Norm McDonald, right? Was that Norm McDonald? It was Adam Sandler. Oh, Adam, S that's right. And that's Chris right. Farley was the guy with the. Oh no, or maybe it was the other way around. But either way, it was. They'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, can you sign this waiver? We're doing a show for HBO. <laughs> yeah. See, this is sending me down a spiral of thinking of like, what were the sexy R-rated movies that I snuck watching? And I, the first one, I just looked it up. It was because Mickey Rourke was in it. Do you remember Wild Orchid? Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. That was like my first one. 89. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. Wasn't his other one Nine and a Half Weeks? Nine and a, nine and a Half Weeks, yeah. yeah. Classic. That was another yeah. one. With Jane March. Does anybody uh, remember? I don't know. I have not thought of this in a long time. <laughs> Amazon Women on the Moon. Oh, yeah. No. Jeff no, Goldblum. No. Jeff Goldblum's in that. That is like the one of the first sexy ones that I remember. My buddy's dad had it, and we watched it, and we were not allowed to watch it, and I, I was very like... <laughs> 
this is wrong. Yeah, that's not really a sexy. I don't even movie. know what it is. Like, <laughs> it's not sexy. I, I don't remember. It, it's not. The, there's nudity, there's nudity in it. right? There's nudity in it, but it's not. It's it's like a it's like a spoof on like fifties, you know, sci-fi. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. I think the number one though that kind of freaked me out and made me turn it off, like the same way Joe saw Amazon Women on the Moon. <laughs> oh <my laughs> I was God. like, no. But I think I finished it later. Was heavy metal. Oh, now because you're a kid, and when you're watching it, and you think it's a cartoon and it's going to be fun, and you're it was like before Cartoon Network exists, and you're just excited to be watching cartoons at night, and then yeah. it turns into this like hellscape of like that'll oh. mess you up, man. If you see heavy metal without being properly prepared, <laughs> yeah, like that or like Fritz the Cat or one of those things, mess you up. Is that Ralph Bakshi? Yeah, yeah. All right, let's play some. <laughs> Sometimes we just like hanging out. Oh, they get too much banter. That's the show. <laughs> That's the show. 165 episodes. Yeah. Troy, Troy, why are you yelling? I, just, I get excited. I get excited. It's preemptively shout down anyone who's complaining. You're back in this room. Pembroke, Feyraza, Baron, and obviously Four Bears. <laughs> Played by Gil Cunningham. Birmingham. 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 <laughs> Gil Burning Con. And you see quite a different scene. Obviously, the, the uh, other giant is gone, turned into a rat. Neck snapped. The doors are open to the north and to the south. There are also doors leading to the east that you never explored because you were mid-battle. And then when Lork fell, you stripped the bodies and got out of there with his corpse but you see that the hole that you stone shaped into has been closed over like brick and mortar like like boulders stacked on top of each other oh, okay. <laughs> like that can stop us <laughs> yeah <laughs> nice stone try shape. nice try giants yeah i mean they, what, I, giants. I wonder what they thought when they came and saw this just magical hole in the what wall. the hell is this what, what is the <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then they went inside and Norfoss was dead. But he was dead already. He was dead Well, someone came in here and made a horrible mess. The giant version of Slow Marin was on duty that day. <laughs> oh, no. You're really doubling down. Huh? <laughs> oh, hey, guys. Um, you see a patchwork body in, like, it's not even completed yet, made up of a number of different limbs, looking like they're trying to take all these different uh, body parts to create another undead being with think, Orphis's head. Can I ask? I was thinking this at the end of last episode. Mm -hmm. You said kind of like a horse's leg at some point yeah. and some other body parts. And it made me think of all the different creatures we fought and killed throughout the adventure in Skiergard. Does it seem like it's the body parts of things we've slain? Well, a perception check. All right. Natty 17 for a total of a 30 fizzo. 5 -o. <laughs> I was just saying, that wait, I wasn't sure if it was 5 or 4. I didn't know how to do it. 30 fizzo. <laughs> Granted, it's street lingo. I never know what he means. Do with that what you will, GM. <laughs> I mean, you certainly recognize the... Oh, I'm so sorry. It was a 30 fizzo. <laughs> 30 fizzo. Well, it was a 30 fizzo. <laughs> oh, 30 fizzo. It was DC 30 fizzo. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> you certainly recognize some of the pieces, like that horse stallion leg. Maybe that came from one of those half frost giant, half stallion creatures. Mm. Um, and certainly, I, I, I even said it looked like the lower torso of an ogre. Now, did you actually kill these particular creatures? That's impossible to tell. Um, but it's 
it's pretty clear that these weren't sacrifices either. Mm. Um, but what the hell are they doing? This is really weird. I think Faraza is so deeply mortified by this. Like it was already her- horrific enough to see the abomination that was undead Orphas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think she's just going to walk over and cast Burning Gaze and set it on fire. Just like Superman. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> And just burn it. Just like your vision. Yeah. The entire room lights on fire. Forebear sees and you this. All <laughs> Before the flames go up, when he sees it, his reaction is pretty stoic. He just stares at it. And then he starts saying something quietly under his breath. Uh, and Pembroke, you don't even understand it, uh, what he's saying. It's a, a strange sort of prayer. Uh, and then, uh, and that's it. But he is actually enacting something, an ability. So you burn it from legs all the way to head, and you can see Orphas's head just singe and start to melt mm. as well. Yes, let us be done with this abomination. No more. No more. I am a bit curious as to why a man you said you knew's head would be on top of something once again. What value could he have to these people? I do not know. He knew us, however. This seems to be a common theme, a recurring theme. I fear there is another necromancer about the place. Yes. Or at least an amateur. Let us us keep looking. You have Obviously, um, two doors leading up back to the room where you originally came in through the stone shape, two doors leading down into the room from which Orphus emerged in that room. There's two doors leading out. You would know the basic, uh, dungeoneering that those would lead back outside and the room you are in, there are two double doors leading to the east. Which we would believe leads into the heart of this cathedral temple. Um, I think... uh, Horrifying. Yes. (laughs) And we should face our fears and go further in, I think. I agree. But there's a way down, did I hear? I was just checking something on my hair lab. I apologize. Down and out. Down and out. Okay. Yeah, I'm just... We can go further in for sure. Just any passageway that would let us circumvent the main room and get to kind of like the bottom catacombs of this place if it's possible but if there's no other way the way out is through down and out in beverly hills was another one of the first <laughs> r-rated movies I saw. <laughs> let's uh i want to take a listen at those double doors that lead further in yeah okay roll a perception check it's not good at all 34 30 fizzo there you go <laughs> that's 35 actually 30 Fizoo is for Fizoo. Excuse me. Very faintly, you hear kind of like. That's fucked up. There is someone behind this door. Let's. Kill whoever it is. <laughs> I'm going to again detect alignment on the door. It should allow me to determine basically what direction they are through the door. So you're detecting alignment and just holding it there? Yep. Yeah. 60 foot cone. You do detect evil. 
great evil. Mm. As you continue to concentrate on the number of presences, you detect three, and it seems to be towards the back to your left, so north. Pembroke casts mage armor and mirror, mirror image on himself. Whoa, 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 whoa. Forebears takes his uh, right hand, and his left hand is this large wooden shield. Baron sort of detecting uh, evil, and then he comes up right next to him and does a very similar thing, and he is going to detect undead and wave it in the area. Detect undead. Yeah. What does he get to know from Detect Undead? First glimpse into what this man may be. It's very similar. So you see an aura around undead creatures, presence or absence. The longer you hold it, how many there are in the area. Uh, And also I would get to see any undead aura that is stronger than another. If Mm -hmm. it stands out as significantly stronger, I could see that. Uh, And then the longer I hold it, it gives you like exact locations. You detect undead and you feel the presence of undead. You continue to focus on it and you feel the presence of three undead. One much stronger than the other two. Oh, boy. And in the same exact location where Baron detected evil. Huh. Baron evil, lo- undead. Evil, undead. Baron locks eyes with four bears, and in a way that they've never understood each other up to this point through the spoken word, they understand each other deeply at this moment and understand the danger that is facing them on their first sojourn into the temple. Yes, there's great danger. Um, ooh. <laughs> by, the, by the way, when we got here, I cast Life Bubble and split it among us. So oh, we were, that's fair. That's, thank you. I say we kick down the doors, and before we do, I tap each one of us with this stick four bears here gave me. What does it do? Protection from evil. Hell yeah. So you're thinking, kick the door down right before you do a little protection from evil. How long is that left? One minute from the want. So make your enemy's monologue last 61 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) The... um, the thing I want to ask, though, before we do kick down these doors and I ask him, Pembroke. Yes. Can you ask Four Bears what God he follows before I go into battle? I like to know the God a man worships before I put my life on the line with him. Uh, uh, Four Bears, this is a little delicate, but um, the, uh, the short one wants to know what <laughs> God you worship. And also what political party you're affiliated with. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him I follow the word of my people, of my ancestors. Uh, uh, yes, he is the uh, yeah. It has uh, is a traditional uh, ancestor worship of the Shoanti. I like that. I tell him I used to know my own ancestors or think I did, and now I'm trying to figure them out myself. I tell uh, yes, he is an atavist as well. 
They can be very hard to understand. Yes. Uh, let's go before our spell. But expire. we must try. Yes, let's go. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to buy time. All right, so I want to see what this dude can do. Uh, yeah, slowly he will uh, slip out this mace uh, from his belt. What's it called again? Uh, Nahandil. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Trying. Um, okay, so I don't know if there's uh, anything else to do, but yeah, he slowly pulls this thing out and just wants to have it at the ready, just in case. By the way, is this Cherokee or something you're using as a basis? Oh, it's a mix. It is. Yeah, it's a okay. mix. Uh, it's it's mainly uh, Navajo, Navajo, but okay. there's also Cherokee. There's Apache. There's Comanche. Like kind of mixed in. Cool. Awesome. Um, and there's no like literal words. It's all like yeah, you know, yeah, a mission it's an invented. Yeah. yeah, I just kind of wanted it to sound audibly similar. Yes, you know that's right. all. Cool. Talk to me about this door situation. I mean, there's it's a forty foot <coughs> double door, uh, two big twenty foot wide doors. How do you want to uh, approach this? Um, so I mean, four bears is just going to kind of lean on the door and, and open it up going out there shield first once we're all ready to go that's sort of his intention he's eager to to go and so he's standing right at the front there obviously kicking the door in is not literally an option they're too big but Mm -hmm. if it can be opened he's going to push it open so talk to me about party order at the doors here who's opening the doors who's what well i imagine forebear sort of eager to to get in there and he's got the shield up front and he's you know he's kind of the big target so he's happy to stand right at the door and you know he can't literally kick the door in but sure open it and push through. That's kind of what I imagine is possible. Does that seem possible? Sure, sure. It looks like it pushes in. Um, who's to your right, we'll say? I'd say Baron. Baron to the right. Right hand uh, Pembroke and Feyraza, do you want to stand b- behind them? Yeah. So like a... Yep. Behind. Uh, a four... Uh, a little uh, ten-foot square, as yeah. it were. Yep. And Forebear opens the door. <laughs> into an enormous room oh dear this huge spacious incredibly spacious main chamber occupying the majority of this building the floor is white stone inlaid with countless small colored tiles forming a mosaic of an immense black fly with the symbol of a skull on its back. Ergothoa. Unlike the other locales in the village, the walls here are draped in dark red velvet. Except for the double doors you just came in through, double doors directly across from you, and doors leading out. There's a series of steps along both sides of the north wall, leading to a raised platform where a larger-than-life portrait hangs, depicting a beautiful, nude woman who is skeletal from the waist down and brandishes a large scythe standing against the background of a moonlit, starry night. Standing candelabras adjacent to the lowest steps illuminate the room. You see, in the back of the room, a large creature seated behind the altar 
on a raised platform along the north wall. It's a woman. And though, Feyraz and Pembroke, you're in the back, it's a woman that you recognize. Uh-huh. Oh. Naked from the waist up with long strands of black hair covering her bare breasts and pale blue skin. She's reading from a parchment in some ancient language that only sounds vaguely familiar to you, Feyraza, from where you are. It's like a... This, like, dissonant, weird chanting. She stops and rises to greet you. Welcome to my temple. Oh, how I've longed for the company of humans. Now, don't get me wrong. The giants of Skiergard appreciate gluttony and the unadulterated joy that accompanies violence and dismemberment. But you see, they lack the sexual refinement of you small folk. Since the world was given to you on a silver platter, you have more time to hone your bodies for carnal pleasures. But look at me, going on and on. I know you are not here to be disciples, no. No, you are here on a mission, yes. Some of you, some of you have come a long, long way to get here, and you have caused quite a disturbance. I applaud your efforts. Urathash did not deign to tell Onenthexia and Zoya better about you when he sent us the uh, package. For he no doubt knew of your power and saw his fate crumble as your shadows grew larger. But Onenthexia told me of you and said you would come. I must admit I was skeptical. But here you are. She's like licking her lips, looking at you in a very strange way. I promise you this. Though today you will die in the presence of the pallid princess, I promise to make good use of your bodies afterwards. And she eyes, forebears, some better use than others. Oh, oh, servitors, join me! And to her left and her right, next to the candelabras, these two bodies, these, like, mummified giants stand up and turn towards you. Their flaps of skin hanging off and uh, bits of uh, wrappings just dangling from their bodies. Rover initiative. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> oh, this is messed up. This is happening. I don't like this at all. At all at all. Oh, oh this is so Oh. <laughs> so uncomfortable. Right All right, now. it's been a little while. Been a minute since we've done uh, the old niche. I almost forgot how it worked. What do I add to my die roll? Uh, In your case, I'm sure it's 15 or 16. <laughs> it's minimum. pretty decent. I rolled well when I needed to. Uh, let's just go around the table, just for old time's sake. Um, anybody uh, over 20? 
23. Oh! There you go, Faye. Uh, Don't ever call me that again. (laughs) Well, you know, I might be a little over 20. At 33, Troy. Joe looked over while I was rolling initiative and just went, oh, yeah, of course. Natural 20. <laughs> it's ex- just exhausting. Uh, Pems. Four. Oh, no. <laughs> no, Pems. And what about four bears? 18. 18 for 18. four bears. Get to see him in action for the first and probably last time. <laughs> Uh, I'm not I wouldn't be surprised. kidding. It's not impossible <laughs> for him to have a one episode run. <laughs> and I thought to myself, like, what if he ends up dying? Like, and I said, well, Joe put a lot of work into this guy, but that's the game. And if that happens, it it's a real bummer, and I apologize. Uh, but let's just see. It's okay. Like, I'm not worried about. It. I don't. I don't. I'm not concerned about that happening. Uh-huh. But just be aware. No work will go into the next. <laughs> Just be aware. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Fighter. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fighter. Uh, but anything at 11th level, so much work. Yeah. I'm just going to be Celtiel, the uh, iconic magus at level 11. <laughs> just come in with Mauricio. Uh, all right. Round one. Oh, it feels good to Ooh. say that again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Round one, we're going to go with Baron. You guys yeah. walk into he this room. Baron, you are to the right of, I was going to say Lork, but to the right of Four Bears, directly behind you is Pembroke. To Pembroke's left is Feyraza. In front of Feyraza is Four Bears. About, oh, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 feet away from Feyraza and Four Bears is the first of these weird mummified giants. And then way up on the dais is this woman who, by the way, has a scepter in one hand and her other hand is one gigantic Claw scythe. Her hand Whoa. is the scythe. Her hand oh. is the scythe. Oh that's, my god! What that's got to be difficult. Yeah, that's that's a little difficult. <laughs> oh wow, uh, Baron, you have the floor. Oh my god, you can come and fight us on our own ground. You used up hag, and he pulls a scroll out oh. from his pocket. He picked up in uh, Skiergard and says, "I consecrate." And says, I consecrate the ground within these bounds in the name of Torag. And in a 20-foot radius, the ground is blessed with the power of Torag. The spell blesses an area with positive energy. Every undead creature entering a consecrated area suffers minor disruption, suffering a minus one penalty on attack rolls, damage rolls, and saves. Undead cannot be created within the summoned or consecrated area. What's the name of the spell? Consecrate. It's level two. Nice. You skipped over something very important. The DC to resist positive channeled energy. Oh, you guys don't. You didn't skip over it. <laughs> I skipped over the stuff that didn't yeah, matter. Yeah, it didn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You got to keep. We don't have a cleric. All right. Uh, now, that does not move with you, right? Nope. That's right in that area. It's, that's it's just like, right whoosh. in that area. 20 foot radius. So if you guys move out of that radius, you lose uh, that Now, what boost. if undead are in the radius? They start taking minuses to their rolls. Okay, but they Got can't it. be created in here. So if any more were to be summoned, we could be safe in here. But right. they don't, and they don't take damage. 
No, they don't right. take damage. It's just like a disadvantage. And this particular spell, it. it's a second level cleric spell, so I'm assuming it's on the Inquisitor list. It's as on well. the Inquisitor list. And you can just, you don't even have to roll for this, you pass well, all the. Well, uh, according to Hero Lab, it was on the Inquisitor list. Okay, I'm looking at uh, Paizo.com. Or, um, excuse me, I'm looking at, yeah, I'm looking at Paizo.com, and it just says cleric, but they may not have. No, they don't have the Inquisitor the stuff class. on here. Yet. Okay, okay. So you're uh, you're fine, but I'm asking, you You don't have to roll on this scroll. Not on this so one, low because level. there. And even if it was like a level three Inquisitor, but a level two cleric, I would make it on anything but a natural one. Consecrate. Wow. Very interesting. Hold me to those minus ones, because yep. you know I'll forget. And Baron also calls down a swift action, a... a, a, a as a swift action, Baron calls down a judgment of sacred destruction to bring Ooh. extra damage to his blows. Yeah. And he, as his scroll disappears from his hand and you see a light emanate from it and surround all of us, he quick draws his pistol and says, your move. Oh. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but she is on the other side of four bears. So he just points his gun at four bears and is like, your move. Four <laughs> bears is like, oh no, what is that? He puts it between your legs and says, love gun too, electric boogaloo. <laughs> there we go. She holds her scepter aloft and just, boom. how far away is she from you guys? You're closer to the map, Joe. 50 to 55 feet. <laughs> Roughly. I had From bad, four bears. I had a bad feeling that when Grant said your move, it was her move. Her move. <laughs> 50 to 55 feet? Yes. The woman in the back flies to her right. So nearer to where you guys are. Like, basically on your side of the room, but Our still side of the room. up on that dais behind that mummified giant. And with a blast of perceptor, just boom, channels negative energy from really far away. Wow. Everybody roll a will save. Oh, no. Oh, dear. Uh, she, doesn't ha- she doesn't happen to be a fae or plant targeted. Get out of here with those baroness questions. Is it a spell or spell-like <laughs> ability? Is it? Is it uh, mind consuming? Uh, Pembroke, what'd you get? Uh, I got a 30. Whoa, 30? A will save? Holy shit. That's my best save. That would be a pass. Uh, What about uh, Feyraza? 22. 22 is a fail. Oh, four bears. 23? That is a fail. Oh, dear God. Baron? Seven on the die for a 19. Oh, no. (laughs) But if if it's against uh, an ability that detects lies or force of truth, it's... (laughs) Still a fail. <laughs> <laughs> it's still a fail. Uh, so that's going to be half damage, I believe, to Pembroke and uh, full damage to the rest. Oh, I see a couple of sixies. Not bad. 15 full, uh, 7 half. Okay. Are you all right, not too bad. Boom. Negative energy damage. But that's still, that's to all of us. To all I of mean, you. That one action just, boom, drains you of that energy. Woof. And uh, it is now Feyraza's turn. Feyraza is going to cast Airwalk Communal. Oh. oh. What? <laughs> and all of us now gain the ability to walk through air. Cool. Wow. Holy shit. So do you have, you just touched everybody, and they're all within reach. Yep. And now they can just walk on air. Half speed to walk at a 45-degree angle up. Wow. Believe it or not, I'm now, Do they have to walk on air? Can they continue no. to walk normally? Yeah. But if they it's want as to... If air, you can walk on air as if it were normal ground. All right. So if you want to walk on air, 
You're welcome to it. I should tell you about the ceilings in this room while we're uh, now that you're all flying. Uh, Four feet high. Four feet high ceilings. Uh, The ceilings are 25 feet high in this room. Uh, Are you moving at all? Yes. Thank you for allowing me my move action. Well, I've been listening to some old episodes, (laughs) and I know you get testy about this. Faraza will walk 15 feet up into the air over the head over the head of four bear four bears. Of course, and Baron. All right. Do you want to stay within the range of the consecrate? Perfect. Yep. <laughs> I assume it's a 20-foot globe? Well, yeah. Or that's just the radio. Well, it's just the ground direction. that they walk in. It doesn't matter where we are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is just the black and white, but I should show you a picture of her. Oh, That is also God. the exact pawn as well. I oh, have wow. on the board. That oh, is really wow. cool. It kind of looks like uh, <laughs> Kerrigan from She's Starcraft. Wearing, yeah, totally. She's wearing a skirt. She's kind of got that Angelina Jolie from Malevolent. Uh, yeah, look to her. Yeah, uh, what was that movie? Malevolent or malevolence? Ma- male- Maleficent. Uh, Maleficent. 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 I didn't see it, so uh, <laughs> I didn't either. I, I don't know apologize. The <laughs> uh, all right, it is now for the first time ever making his glass cannon podcast combat debut. Four bears. <laughs> what is he? What is he? Uh, what you gonna do, four bears? <laughs> four bears is a an eleventh level shaman. Oh. oh, speaker for the past archetype. Oh, wow. So he is quite literally a spirit walker, basically. Yeah. Um, spirit through, walker? And, uh, he speaks for his ancestors, basically, is, cool. is, is his thing. Um, but his ancestors are uh, very battle-hardened uh, people. And so he, that, that's where a lot of his bonuses are focused, mm. uh, is, is on battle. So He draws from their strength. He draws from their strength. From the, yes. From the, from the very spirit realm <laughs> they inhabit. Yes, exactly. Uh, so move, seeing what's happening right now, Four Bears is going to take a move action. And sheathe his mace. So oh. he's kind of seeing the setup, the way it's happening now. This this glowing circle of good comes around us. He's going to sheathe his mace, cool. and then and he says this incantation, waves his hand, and between between the giants and her. This giant wall of fire cuts the room in twain, and she's on the hot side. Oh, nice. Wow. So she is cut off in a gout of flames that covers the... Uh, from the, the mummies. The yeah, between her and the mummies. Wow. So wait, you, oh, you've cut her off from the mummies. Yes. Wow. Oh, exactly. You've left the mummies on their side. Yeah, they're welcome to come into wow. our little ring here. All right. I love it. Interesting, and that's a five foot like it takes up a five foot square and goes the length of the room. Yep, it takes up a five foot square and goes yeah the width of the room. I'm drawing this shit, man. We got this beautiful map out. Let's draw this. Let's draw it, baby. It is an opaque sheet of uh, flame up to twenty feet long per level. So it you know massive. Uh, It is five feet. Oh, sorry. The ring of fire with a radius of up to five feet per two levels. Uh, Very. Very interesting. So immediately, uh, any creatures within 10 feet on the hot side where she is take 2d4 points of fire damage. Wow. Um, and uh, there is a uh, there is no reflex save. So it's just nice. It's just straight, real quick, uh, 2d4 points Please, of fire uh, damage. You have the honors. For her uh, honor. Five points of fire damage. Five points of fire damage. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then the other two each take 1d4 points of fire damage. They're on the cooler side of the wall. So the one closest to us takes three points of fire, and the one farther away takes four points nice. of fire. Nice. Oh, 
okay. That's awesome. Yes. Just have this image of him waving his hand That's across so, them. I'm just picturing it so cool. Like after that scary speech and everything, and it's just like, how about a little fire scarecrow? Yes, exactly. <laughs> I love it. Exactly. I love it. Very, very cool. Well, you did leave these two temple servitors on the right side of the fire. Sorry, it Are deals double, double damage to undead. Oh! I th- oh yeah, double okay. damage to undead. So she takes another four. Uh, the one closest to us takes another two, and the other one takes another two. Okay. Assuming they're all undead. Okay, well, uh, you dealt a, dealt a bit of a blow to these fellas. Um, they are now going to go. And uh, first thing that's going to happen is this one that is standing nearest to you. It just, now that you've got a chance to really look at it, it is terrifying. In its visions, you can't tell what kind of giant it was, or if it even was a giant. If it maybe is some sort of uh, necromantic neocraft, like you saw they were trying to make with yeah. Orphis. Like you don't even know. It's wrapped with all these bandages. Uh, free action. It just enacts its far- frightful. It enacts its frightful presence. Everybody, roll a will save. Alrighty. Uh, <laughs> Natural twenty. Oh! Natty Tunzo! for me. Natty 19. Oh, all right. So, Feyraza and uh, Pembroke are okay. Baron, you look upset. Did you say Will? Yes. I certainly did. <laughs> 20. 20 total? Yeah. You're all right. Oh, yes. I was so scared after that, like, didn't pass after 23. These minions, though. These aren't, yeah. like, uh, boss. 21 <laughs> for, for four bears. All right. So, you are all... All right. Yes. You're all right. Awesome. Marissa. Uh, okay, so <laughs> this guy, he uh, he is not uh, happy by this fire, so he is actually going to move away from the fire. And then after, at the end of his movement, he's moving, like, right on top of this fly with the skull on. He's moving towards the skull right on the back of the fly. And when he finishes, it unravels some of its uh, wrappings. Tanglings. And, and fires <laughs> it directly at Four bears. Oh no. oh, no. This is not a ranged attack. This is, in fact, a CMB versus CMD. It oh, tries to no. wrap you up with this oh, shit. Oh, no. <laughs> That's uh, so bad. Sorry about your first episode there, Four Bears. Rap battle. Rap battle. Against CMD. Ooh, 27. That hits. 27 hits. Did you take the minus one? Is he within range of the consecrated zone? Still hits. He is in the consecrated zone. Okay. Should have rolled a barbarian. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So it wraps you up. You are grappled. And you take, oh, no, 19 points of damage as the wrappings tighten around you and just squeeze you. And you can feel them trying to pull you to the ground to pin and constrict you. The other one uh, rushes up as well. The other one's on the other side of the room, so it's very limited in uh, its movement. These are, uh, you know, rel- they don't move slow like uh, normal undead that you would think, just like lo- lumbering zombies. Mm-hmm. But it moves relatively slow, and it grabs a chunk of the floor or like something laying around and just hucks it at Baron. Uh, it is, uh, you know, obviously you're all uh, mixed up in this, and it does not have a point-blank shot or whatever it is. So that is going to be... ooh. 
Natty 19. Oh, no. So that is a 30 minus 4 is a 26 to hit. Against my CMD or against my... No, it's just throwing a chunk of the room at you. Is it a giant subtype? It is. Well, that's a miss. Oh! Oh, Minus 4 for throwing into into a group like that, right? Yeah, I should be a 29 against... Wait, is it a minus 4 if you're throwing into a bunch of enemies? No, only if your ally is threatening. Yeah, I'm, I haven't used a range in so long, so 30. Uh, I'm rolling damage. With protection. Yeah, that's that's a hit. Uh, so <laughs> it hits you for 22 points of damage from the force of whatever it just, oh. like a, a chunk of the candelabra just, boom, hits Baron. Oh, yeah, we should be adding our plus two to our saves. Yeah, I, ha- I have been. Oh, I haven't. That's all right. Oh, for protection from evil. <laughs> yes. So these guys have come. They've packed a punch, and it is now Pembroke's turn. Your new buddy, Four Bears, is locked up. Um, I'm going to do a bunch of religion checks first off. Okay. Uh, I'm going to do religion checks on these two memory things like uh, facing us right now. Okay. Uh, 26. 26. Yeah, that, that'll, that'll do. These are some sort of strange, uh, mummified, uh, you look closely like they have to be frost giants. Mummified frost giants. Uh, with the 26, what do you want to learn specifically? Any weaknesses. Vulnerable to fire. That oh. firewall definitely okay. hurt them. Cool, cool. Good to know. Uh, and you do can you get one more piece of information. Um, and uh, what are their turn-ons? They enjoy <laughs> long walks on the beach and men who aren't afraid to cry. Oh, fuck. I'm afraid to cry, and I am afraid of the water. Um, and and then we'll do a religion check on her. Okay. Uh, let's see what. Uh, twenty-two. Twenty-two. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll give you one uh, one chunky bit. You want to probably know what she's weak to, right? Yep, I would. You do not detect any sort of weakness from her. However, you know. That whatever is going on with her claw carries with it great disease. Oh, okay. Um, and then I just want to do a check on Ergothoa, like the symbol on the floor, just to see if there's anything useful sure. like I can glean from that. Uh, 21. Yeah, I mean, it is the holy symbol of Ergothoa, and, and looking up on the wall, that is Ergothoa with the, you know, skeletal body and the and the big scythe. If this is some sort of priestess of her or some sort of follower, it's very possible that this room itself is uh, providing them with more power. Ah, okay, so this is sanctified in some way the room yeah not that there's anything you can really do about that (laughs) okay uh so i'm going to use the metamagic rod okay and i'm gonna put haste on all of us okay gonna need that uh and then i'm going to cast a little spell i like to call fireball I'm going to it's a 20 foot radius so i'm going to try to catch 
um, the 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 servitor closest to us and her in it. I don't think I can get the third one in there. Right. Yeah. I think that is gonna. I think that's gonna work. Okay. Because uh, you can just put it on a square, right? You can just make uh, it explode, or does it have to hit something? Uh, no, no. I could just make it, make it detonate explode, where, yep. wherever. wherever uh, yeah. No, that's gonna work just fine, Pems. Okay. What um, is the that save? is a DC nineteen reflex save? All right. The uh, servitor rolls and makes the save. Uh, I should have used that for her. Uh, she's got a decent little reflex and uh, fails her save. Okay. Uh, that's 10d6. That's 40 points of damage. Whoa! Nice. Whoa! 40 points of damage. Fire damage. Yeah, fire, fire damage. Wow, so she takes all of that. <laughs> uh, as far as you know. And, as far as you know. And he takes 15, but 20. is... Vulnerable to five. Vulnerable. Where'd you get 20 from? Half of 40. Yeah, yeah. Wait, it was 40 total? Yeah. So that guy takes at least 20 points of damage from fire. You know they're weak to fire, so you know they took a little bit more. (laughs) Uh, Oh, man, if he had failed that, that would have been pretty bad news. Uh, Yeah. Uh, So metamagic rod, haste, then fireball as your standard action. Do you want to do any type of movement? Um, I'm going to stick right where I am. Stay right where you are. Okay. Round one has ended. Uh, that is round one. That's round one. Round one. Everyone has taken damage. Have ended. Oh, and I, and I yell out, like, as I'm doing this, everything that I learned about, you know, Excellent. them being sure, sure, sure. fire. The battle of fire. That one does this. And this one does that. <laughs> Disease. Uh, everyone has taken damage. You well, know a little well, Also, what about, about getting them? out of the room? I mean, you know, if we can, if we can move out of the room, I mean, isn't that something we want to do? I include that also. Yeah. I, I just want to make sure I was understanding what you said correctly. Yeah, yeah. That would be an advantage, right? Yeah. To get out of the room? Possibly. Yeah. I mean, um, obviously, I'm not going anywhere, but... Uh, how high up is the wall of fire? Um, how high up is the ceiling? 25 feet high. Oh, then... Now, from the dais, though, the dais is 10 feet up. So, so 15, 15 feet. feet from where she's standing to the ceiling. Uh, think about that as Baron takes his turn. Well, I want you to think about this, Troy. I don't like it. I don't like it. Now, this is a scroll I picked up. 20 feet high. Okay, so it goes all the way to the ceiling. So this is a scroll of Consecrate I picked up last time. So I don't understand. I'm kind of capitacazing this, okay? Uh-oh. You know, there might be some things. Matthew takes offense to that. I do take offense to that. <laughs> you cannot consecrate an area with a similar fixture of a deity other than your own patron. So there's a fixture of Ergotho on the ground, Right. Right. Instead, the Consecrate spell curses the area, cutting off its connection with the associated oh, deity oh, or power. Whoa, that changes everything, man. Wow. So there won't be negative ones to the rolls of anyone within this area. They will be cut off from the bonus power you wow. said. It's at the wow. bottom of the Paizo.com. I see this. You cannot Consecrate anyone in the victory. Instead, it curses the area, cutting off its connection Holy shit. You should never have drawn that on the map. (laughs) It's it's on there. I I have to include it. So if they were getting any bonuses, they're gone, but only in that area. Only anyone within 20-foot radius of where I can. So only one guy. One of the mummies. The one that was holding forebears. <laughs> uh, yes. I mean, it's not holding you. It detached that. It is completely oh, free. It just shot this thing at you and just wrapped, wrapped you, up. you up. Dude, it is very, very strongly wrapped around you, and you feel it's pulling you towards well, the Well, was the two hit affected at all by its bonuses from the special place? No, it just <laughs> sent it. 
It's like okay. a weird power it has. It's, a, it's like a it's, oh, it's not even a, check. okay. Yeah, uh, Baron, what do you want to do? Baron's going to take a five foot step to be adjacent to four bears and next to the door, and then unleash a full round attack action against the mummy that is currently attacking four bears. All right, so you're just going to fire flap, with your flap, old flap, flap. Gunzo, and you know what he's going to do? He's going to get up close and deadly on each one. Oh, uh, misfire. Oh, oh my god. Second attack is a natural 20. Oh! <laughs> Alright, so did you quick clear or no? I didn't quick clear. Alright, so I'm still natural firing. 20. Roll to confirm. 13 on the die. That is a total of a 25 to confirm. Yeah. I guess Touch AC. And the final yeah. attack is a 13 against Touch AC. Uh, if it's that against- is a hit. So you have a confirmed crit and another hit. So let's start it you- in order. So <laughs> even when I miss that. Did you take your hasted attack? I was hasted? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Oh, well, well shit. Be careful. Ooh. One more. 17 on yeah. the top. Oh. Yeah. All right. Let's walk through these. First, uh, the let's first is the a misfire. Yes. Yeah, so what is the misfire? So that's 2d6 half. Okay. So that is five points of damage. Okay. The second attack is the crit. So Question. Fin- is this a magical gun? Yeah. Okay. So it bypasses DR. It's a plus one. It bypasses bane. DR magic. If it's DR magic. Okay. So five points of damage. Okay. And then the next one, I think it's time to go to Joe O'Brien with a little it's time to go to fan, fan critical. Fan. This one comes in from Jared T. in Katy, Texas. Oh, yeah. yeah I know yeah, Katy, Texas. Hey, that's baby. where they have all the Airstreams, right? That's where they. That's they're famous for yes, having like Airstreams. So. Yeah. Uh, Jared T. from Katy, Texas. Han shot first. Um, yeah. Hey, hold on. What? Are they undead? It doesn't matter. They're not immune to crit. They're not immune to crit. No, nope. no. Undead are. You catch the target completely by surprise. Double damage. So that's four times damage, right? <sighs> Hell yeah. And plus two d six sneak attack damage. <laughs> if you can already perform a sneak attack, the two d six is stacked on top. So of that's sneak attack. four d six on top of four d eight. Plus. Let me tell you what Whoa. it's plus. Plus sixty. <laughs> Plus 60? <laughs> oh, so my Let me just calculate God. it out a little bit. Oh, man. Oh, man. You catch the target. It, it never saw a gun before. Yeah. This undead mummy. Pop, 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 pop. Boom! 82 points of damage. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> oh, my God. It is currently still standing. Oh, wow. That's okay, because you got two more hits what on it. Right. I would assume by the end of this, <laughs> it will not be. Oh, man. All right. Uh, you have two more, more hits. One more hit. Right? No, the oh, haste. That's right. Yeah. All right. Roll your new next damage. Max damage for 23 points of damage. Okay. And my up close and dead, I said it would be uh, on each shot, so I'm going to... Uh, plus nine points of up close and deadly damage. Still standing. Oh, Still standing. That was another thirty-two. The final attack. Take it down, man. Is a total of uh, twenty-one points of damage, plus eight points of damage. Twenty-nine points of damage. Is dead. Yeah. <laughs> You're goddamn right it is. Back to the grave. Back to the grave. Wow. I imagine four bears jumping out of his skin. He's all wrapped up in this scene, and then he just hears, Boom! Yeah. Boom! 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 <laughs> <laughs> just like, yeah. What is up? And, uh, you know, I don't see anything on here that uh, says that those wrappings are going to stay effective if the creature that sent the wrappings... Mm. Uh, uh, they just fall limply to the ground. Yeah. Is it a spell-like to. ability? 
Yeah, it's a supernatural ability. So I would assume the wrappings, uh, blah, 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 they turn to dust if the yeah. victim, uh, if the mummy is destroyed. There we go. It says it! <laughs> they turn. Oh, my That's God! So when Baron kills it, these on. things that are about to pull you to the ground just... Turn awesome. to dust. Four bears. Awesome. Has a new best friend. Yeah. And the best part about it is, you thought I used four points of grit, but with the death of the mummy, I only used three. Yeah. You sank my battleship. <laughs> <laughs> nice job, and thank you. Okay. All right. Jared T. from Katy, Texas. Katie, that, that's a good one. I like that. Yeah. Han shot first. I see how this is going to be. That's fair. That's fair, Baron. It's a fair move. Uh, turnabout is fair play. Um, okay. Well, it is her turn. <laughs> and I'm mad. You know what? I didn't even roll the 2d6 worth of Bane on each attack I have against Giants. So <laughs> oh, <wow>. consider yourself. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> uh, that could have effect because you could have. Oh, no. no. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's all fun. Yeah. Real fun. Fuck you, Baron. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the first time you said that. It's her turn. 98 uh, points of damage. She flies directly through the flame. Oh. Roll your damage. She doesn't care. She don't give a shit. It seems like Troy doesn't really care. How much uh, fire damage? Uh, that is... 36 points of fire damage. Not a whole lot for her, though. Really? And really? She calls up. She's up in the air, flying now near you all. And she just calls up this dark, dark, evil, unholy feeling. Yeah, yeah. Throughout all of you. You all feel. Like, the sickness you felt when you came into that room and saw that dude eating the entrails, and then out came Orphos, and you had to fight and kill him and watch Lork die. No, 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 this is much, much worse. This is the power of Urgothoa. This is sex and violence and dismemberment and cannibalism all rolled up to one, and you feel it inside of you. So R-rated. Everyone roll a will save. Oh. Don't forget your protection from evil. I have a feeling I know what this is. Baron's going to turn in his bottle cap. Oh. oh roll twice, good, take the better. Good oh, time. <laughs> he just threw it right in your face. Just threw it right in your face. I disrespect you. Uh, this, I know for a fact, is an Ithaca bottle cap that you just took off of your beer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Pembroke, I'm hearing a fail. 21. 21? What'd you get, Feyraza? 22. What did you get, Four Bears? 24. And what did you get, Baron? You said a will save? <laughs> <laughs> Always. That, that sounds like a 14. That sounds like a 14. Always a question. Yes, he said we'll say. Yes. We're talking 25. 25. We'll see you next week. Oh, no! 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 This is the first time I've actually hated him. I refuse. Dude, this is such horseshit. Oh, my God. I hate him. I hate him so much. Glass Cannon Podcast is a Glass Cannon Network production and is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Giant Slayer is copyright 2015. Giant Slayer and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.
Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now.